Hello and welcome. You are listening to a limited podcast series on design thinking created in partnership with Advanced AG. My name is Dr. Bo Leston and I am an academic at the University of Warwick. In this short series, we're going to be exploring the topic of design thinking. And the main purpose behind this podcast is to open up a dialogue around the topic of design thinking more broadly within higher education, but also specifically zoom in on its value for student engagement and student voice. We've seen design thinking really pop up everywhere um, across the sector and various teams are now using it, particularly in the context of learning design and the pandemic has created a number of different situations where design thinking was really useful. And so teams, particularly around digital provision and digital pedagogy, were using some of these tools. And we've got some amazing practice to share, to showcase and to explore within the sector in the UK. But what is less represented and and less shared is its value for student engagement, its value for co-creation of the student experience. Over the last few years, I've been experimenting with design thinking within the context of Warwick. And my goal with this podcast is to open up the conversation about design thinking, talk to different experts who have been exploring design thinking or in fact different alternative approaches to student engagement and student voice and to really dig deeper into why these alternative approaches are so timely and relevant right now post-pandemic what do they mean and how we can collectively make the most of these tools that are available to us and particularly because some of these tools are coming into higher education from all kinds of industries all kinds of contexts so it's so important for us to keep having these conversations around how do we best embed those different tools into our unique context of HE and how to really create best practices around those tools. We are in those early days, which means things are really exciting and we're still experimenting. We're trying to figure out what works for us as a sector, but also for the different institutions. So let's use this podcast as one of the ways to open up the conversations, as one of the ways to learn from each other and different colleagues that are doing small experiments in their institutions, in their local context, and continue sharing. So this is the introductory episode where I'll be talking about the podcast series itself. We'll talk a little bit about what we have done at Warwick over the last um, six years and how we've been leveraging design thinking for student engagement and student voice. And by the way, it's worth noting that Uh, This isn't necessarily to share our experience from the point of being experts, but rather from the point of still being learners and still being curious about what are the best ways to use these tools and hopefully inspiring other people who are early on the journey to share some of our successes and some of our failures to make sure we can manage each other's expectations, but also support each other that journey of exploring design thinking in our local context. So what to expect from this podcast? It's going to consist of six episodes, including this introductory episode. Each episode after the introductory one will be um, in a format of an interview. And I've selected a number of different guests who've done different things, who are at different stages of their career. They occupy different spaces within HE. So let's begin by digging a little bit deeper into design thinking. What is it? why it's important, why should anyone care, and what are some of the benefits to higher education? Well, there are a number of different ways design thinking is defined, as of course with any term or any concept. So I've shortlisted a couple of definitions that I hope will help people in discovering your own meanings and starting to dig deeper into what design thinking is and could mean for your context. So one of my favorite ones that I share with students comes from a book called Creative Confidence by Kelly and Kelly. 
And they call design thinking a way of finding human needs and creating new solutions using the tools and mindsets of design practitioners. So what that really means is that we're borrowing tools and the mindset of professional designers and using them and applying them in a whole range of contexts. Another way to look at design thinking is that it's a creative approach to problem solving. There's a number of different uh, ways we can apply those tools from design practitioners aimed at helping you to think differently, helping you to see the world and very ordinary situations around you in a completely different light. So I often say to my students, looking at the ordinary and seeing the extraordinary. So design thinking helps us to do that. It's very much focused on people. People are at the center of the entire process. And it ends with innovative solutions that are tailored for the needs of those people that we are solving for. And it's really interesting to think about why it's important to design from that perspective. Not only are we more likely to get better solutions, but we're also more likely to get the audience to embrace those solutions because they have co-created them with us, because they have been part of that process from the very early stages. They've fed into that process. And so they're more likely to take that solution as something that they were part of from the very beginning. So design thinking is also considered to be both a mindset and a process. So design thinking as a way of thinking, but also a process that consists of several crucial steps to help you get from A to Z. And at a more sort of micro scale, it's a set of tools, a number of different tools that we can use to, again, help us think differently, help us to reconsider the problem or the situation or that challenge in a different way. I also like to think about design thinking, going back to this idea of it being a mindset, as a cognition. A lot of the success of design thinking very much relies on how we think about what we do and the sort of reflection that we're willing to do as part of that process on ourselves, on how we see the world, but also on how we engage with that process of creating innovation, co-creating, working with other people, etc. So there's a number of different things that go into it. I hope that after listening to this episode and the series as well, you will be inspired and interested to find out more and hopefully join us at the Advanced HE Insight event on the 9th of March, 2022. So another way to define design thinking, and this is probably my favorite one because it's rooted more in the academic research, is to define it as social technology. This particular term comes from a researcher called Jean Liedke, who does a lot of management business-oriented research into design thinking. So social technology defined as a blend of tools and insights applied to a work process. Very simple, very elegant, very concise. um, And I think there's so much meaning in that definition. So this is all design thinking is, and particularly this is how we've used design thinking at the University of Warwick. We've applied it as a blend of tools and insights that we generate with the students. We apply it together to solve an innovation challenge. And I think in those situations where we start using design thinking in small pockets within an institution to have small experiments that end up growing into something bigger, such as the Warwick Secret Challenge, which I hope to share more about in this uh, episode, you start seeing more people get excited about these approaches. You start seeing students be more open to joining in on the dialogue in a different way and in those alternative ways that are meeting them where they are at, which to me is really exciting. And we're starting to see smaller shifts in culture. A lot of them, of course, have been facilitated by the pandemic. But nevertheless, design thinking is starting to 
really get people to see, some of the colleagues to see something really different about their work. And so for me, what's also really exciting about design thinking is that it becomes a methodology for routine innovation. When people are transforming their mindsets, when people are questioning and reflecting on how they do things, how they approach things, how are they addressing their biases and assumptions they might be holding, things happen, things shift. Over time, it doesn't just become about the tools and the process, it also becomes about that mindset that really influences and sort of spills over into all parts of how an organization runs and how people relate to each other. At Warwick, we have been experimenting with design thinking since 2018 with the creation of the Warwick Secret Challenge. At the time, I was a doctoral researcher and working on an education strategy related project, digging deeper into interdisciplinarity. And I needed a way to speak to several students from different faculties and get their feedback on a particular challenge that we were working on. And during my doctoral studies at the Warwick Business School, I was exposed to design thinking and I was a graduate teaching assistant at that point, having been teaching design thinking for three, four years. And I really saw an opportunity to create a small experience for the students, getting them to input into the project I was working on, but at the same time, helping them to learn something new and helping them to learn a little bit about design thinking whilst also meeting other students that they haven't necessarily met before. So of course the name in itself was interesting. The name Warwick is self-explanatory. We wanted it to be connected to the wider university identity. The challenge is something that gets a lot of students excited because many students are very impact problem-solving oriented so the word challenge was something that really drew them to it. And the word secret became something that made a huge difference to the overall experience and the impact of the secret challenge is because we did not want to attract a certain type of student. Some of the initial secret challenges that we experimented with were based on topics such as sustainability, culture, entrepreneurship. And so those kinds of topics can be connected to particular disciplines, particularly when students derive their identity from their departments, their faculties. So in order to not bias their decision as to whether they wanted to get involved or not in the Warwick Secret Challenge, we kept it a secret. So students would be signing up to a problem-solving experience without really knowing what is the challenge that they're going to be working on. And after the initial few workshops, there were just tests. They were never really planned to be more than an experience contained within that one education strategy project, we really saw an impact that that experience had on students and started testing it for bigger institutional challenges that we've had. And we've started noticing impact. Students were really forthcoming with their feedback, with their views, ideas, their very authentic visceral experiences on the topic. And we were able to bring insights into the different teams that were working on those innovation challenges that they haven't seen before. They haven't come through any other source of student voice and student engagement. And equally, students saw this opportunity to learn new skills, meet other people, experience a really exciting problem-solving activity, do something a little bit different and feel like their voice really matters, like their voice is important and like they are part of the broader innovation culture within the university. So it created these really strong win-win situations for both the staff and student communities within the university. 
But what is the Warwick Secret Challenge in a nutshell? So we sort of look at it as a method for exploring and responding to university design challenges with students as partners. And the Warwick Secret Challenge is essentially a problem-solving workshop with elements of design thinking used as an effective tool for student engagement and student learning experience enhancement. And as a replacement for some of the more traditional capturing of student voice, such as focus groups and student staff liaison structures. Some of the initial topics that we explored um, with the students that really helped to establish it as a student engagement and a student voice methodology were things like digital student experience. We also looked at well-being in relation to teaching and learning environment. We looked at internationalization and creating a global and connected campus. We looked at module and course catalogue design, just to name a few, but we've got a whole portfolio of experiments now that touch on different uh, parts of the university strategy and its strategic priorities. But one of the really interesting things about the Secret Challenge is that, of course, it was designed by a student at the university. But I also worked very closely with the Warwick Innovation Fellows. So the Warwick Innovation Fellows are students who have particular interest or experience with innovation, entrepreneurship and creativity. They are embedded within the Warwick Enterprise Team, which is a central team that supports student innovation and entrepreneurial activities. Many of them run their businesses or are very familiar with all kinds of innovation methodologies and techniques, such as design thinking. The initial cohort of innovation fellows that I worked with were really instrumental in refining and honing in on what the secret challenge is as an experience and as a kind of identity. And because students were at the centre of both being the creators and co-creators of the experience, but also the participants in the experience, it meant that if every single part of the Work Secret Challenge was designed or had an input from a student. So it's always been seen as something that's student-led. And I think this is something that was quite unique, at least when we started, is that the students were running the Secret Challenges. And it wasn't the staff members that were leading them and therefore biasing or influencing students in a particular way. So students leading these workshops actually meant that student participants were really relaxed, were really understood and heard and could offer very authentic, unfiltered feedback. But it also meant that when it came to translating and sharing those insights from the Work Secret Challenge back into whatever team or whatever challenge that we were working on, what it meant was that student innovation fellows were really good at condensing and crafting the insights from the secret challenges and being able to offer them in an accessible, professional, but also visceral way to the staff. So we had this sort of double translation happening where the challenge owners would come to the innovation fellows who will design a challenge or translate the problem into a more student-facing challenge. They would run the activities they would gather all this amazing rich feedback from students and ideas from students and then translate them back to the owners of the problem in a way that is actionable, valuable and moves those teams to action. So looking at the more specific structure of how the Secret Challenge runs, it's currently split into three parts and is run as a three-hour face-to-face activity and a one-hour online activity, which of course had to be created and adapted during the pandemic. But let's focus on the face-to-face activities. So the three parts are introduction to the Warwick Secret Challenge and design thinking, introduction um, of the actual challenge for the day, 
and design thinking mini sprint. So introduction to the secret challenge and design thinking. So this is a very brief introduction to design thinking in general, looking at some of the elements of teamwork, making sure the students are relaxed, comfortable, they're starting to learn something new about each other, they're starting to really think as a team and they're starting to see themselves as someone who has a seat at the table when it comes to university innovation and when it comes to creative exploration of any kind of problem solving. The second part is to do with introduction of the actual challenge itself. The advert or the way students sign up to the challenge, they don't necessarily know what is it they're coming to do. So the challenge is revealed to them in a second stage of the workshop and is defined in very broad terms. And this is done very deliberately so that students are given an opportunity to explore the problem from their own viewpoint and to also sharpen what is that key question that we're trying to solve. We're not necessarily too focused on something we think is the problem, but we give students an opportunity to explore the challenge in broad terms and to really narrow in on what is it that creates friction, that creates problem for them that they would like improving. So that sort of open-endedness, even though it can be sometimes challenging for students to start working with, is really helpful in framing the challenge going forward and is really helpful in then understanding different members of the university community. What are those actual problems for the students? What are the things that they really feel viscerally about that they would like the university to know about? And then finally, the design thinking mini sprint that usually consists of activities such as empathy mapping. We use a lot of storytelling activities as well to generate patterns. We use activities to frame and reframe the challenge and to make students themselves to look at the problem in a slightly different way. We overall just are focusing mostly on empathizing and digging deeper into the student experiences and moving mostly through stages one to three. So that's empathizing, defining and ideating prototyping and testing happens less or although we started to explore different models of running the secret challenge where that's possible and where that isn't too much of an ask on student time and effort so finding that kind of optimal sweet spot where students are still engaged but the time ask is not necessarily unreasonable or wouldn't put them off from signing up during the pandemic we've also been able to scale the secret challenge onto creating the Warwick Employability Challenge and more recently Warwick Sustainability Challenge. If anyone is interested in hearing more about those, please get in touch and I hope that we will share more details in some of the upcoming publications, but please do get in touch if this is of interest. There are a number of different advantages of using design thinking, particularly in the context of HE. So firstly, the element of co-creation and student-centeredness is something that is really at the core of higher education and how it works and the philosophy that many of us adopt in working in higher education and it's exactly the same in design thinking it's just the starting point of everything we do so we have this very natural touch point between design thinking and higher education that is really helpful in guiding us what we do with student voice and student engagement it's very much bottom up it's very much about the users or the audience and that really is meaningful because students are given that voice and are at the centre of what we do when we apply design thinking. Diversity is also key and making sure that we democratise this process, that we invite as many different uh, viewpoints and perspectives into this process is very important and of course making sure that we're catering for the diverse student community is very important. 
This leads to the next point about democratizing leadership opportunities. Some of the student voice opportunities that exist within universities now can be quite intimidating, perhaps not as accessible to all kinds of students. So what design thinking and shorter experiences can do is really democratize access to student leadership and allow students to engage with university innovation challenges in a range of ways. It's also fantastic for skills development because students as part of engaging in design thinking student engagement activities, get to learn about design thinking as a skill, get to practice it and being able to walk away from a co-creation activity and have learned some new skills, in my opinion, is so valuable. And actually, we've seen many students benefit from those experiences and using a lot of them for their own employability. And of course, finally, community. We all are investing so much effort and thinking and innovation um, efforts into creating learning communities. And we've seen through the Work Secret Challenge the impact that these small interdisciplinary engagements can have on how students feel um, as part of the university, how it impacts their sense of belonging and how it impacts their ability to see themselves as part of the wider learning community. But of course, there are a number of challenges as well. So diversity, as much as it is something that design thinking is opening up, it's still a challenge, making those opportunities even more accessible and making sure that all kinds of students are aware of them and find them accessible and interesting and engaging is really important. Closing the feedback loop, of course, that's the nemesis of anyone working in student engagement and student voice. We are still working through it. There is still a number of unanswered questions. Even though design thinking is a lot closer to closing the feedback loop than some of the more traditional tools, it is still an ongoing challenge. Design thinking is something that should be viewed as part of a portfolio of tools and efforts and evidence when it comes to student voice and student engagement. Within Warwick University, we've actually had a lot of success with training students and um, student innovation fellows to run the workshops and activities. And that was one of the most important parts of what led to success of these activities. But actually, it is a challenge to make sure that We have students who are trained, who are excited about this and who can continue running these workshops and can make that um, activity sustainable in the long run. Language is also still a challenge, making sure that we are using design thinking and taking the best of design thinking and contextualizing for higher education. But the language of design thinking for HE hasn't quite caught up. So I think we are still at this threshold as a community where we, we can and should be developing What is that language specific to higher education that will get more colleagues excited, more colleagues more comfortable with using design thinking? And so I hope that the podcast series will help us do just that. But for the rest of the community, open that dialogue, start learning from each other, start sharing those experiments for the benefit of our own learning, but also for the benefit of um, sharing it with other colleagues who might be perhaps a step behind us. I also hope that we can as part of opening this dialogue, start tailoring this process to the context of higher education and start creating smaller experiences and smaller activities together that we can experiment with, that we can iterate on. They will also help us design the language that is more fitting to higher education. I also would like to see design thinking scaled into longer, bigger experiences, but also shorter experiences too. And and that requires thinking, that requires iteration that we can only do and we can only achieve by working together. And finally, what I also hope to see in the next few years, and certainly the pandemic has accelerated the rates of change that uh, many of us have gone through, is that I hope that we can move from 
just one-off experiences of design thinking to changing the culture, to really embedding some of the values and the kind of cognitive skills that come with design thinking into how we think about education, student experience, student engagement and student voice. So to me, there's quite a lot to be excited by. And I hope that throughout this podcast series, that excitement can be shared and we can open up a dialogue and we can start talking about some of these topics together. But I do hope that as part of engaging with this resource, you will also connect with the speakers, with the host, and share feedback and share your experiments and your successes and your wins, but also perhaps some of the less exciting results that you've received when you try design thinking with the community. Because I truly believe that the success of some of the student experience innovation really relies on us sharing things and using alternative approaches that we haven't used in higher education before and to me design thinking is one of those really exciting opportunities to use something that's been hugely successful elsewhere to innovate in higher education so i hope we get to be excited together about the advantages and our successes we can be candid about the challenges and the failures that we've had but also stay grounded in wanting to make impact and do the best for our learning communities Through each episode, we will peel the layers of design thinking and what it has to offer to the HE community. The episodes that I've got lined up for you as part of this short series will culminate in the Insights event on the 9th of March, 2022. You can check out the event on the Advanced HE website. It's available to book. It's a three-hour event. You will get a taste of design thinking and we'll also talk about case studies from three um, institutions. And finally, we will have some time for an open discussion for some experience sharing and of course leave participants with some actionable insights and some real tools that you can start applying or trying out in your local context. So if you have any questions about design thinking, this podcast series or the event, please do not hesitate to get in touch. I welcome all connection uh, requests and I'm also really open to feedback. So Please um, check out the rest of the episodes, share your feedback, share your thoughts, and I truly hope to see you at the event on the 9th of March. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon.